Hey, AfterBuzzers, you're watching the Containment After Show for Season 1, Episode 3, Be Angry at the Sun. Stay tuned for our breakdown. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. You know that wrong. He just had to start the show like oh, dancing yeah. and happy this because we're going to talk about death for the next like 30 minutes. Hey. Have a good time with somebody. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Tiana Hobson filling in for Katie Campbell tonight. She will be back with us shortly. Um, well, not tonight. In a couple of weeks, she'll be back. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Tiana Hobson. And joining me tonight, I've got Gabriel Gonzalez. Hey, Tiana. So, hey, Katie. We'll see you back soon. I gotta tell you, I love that jam. That just—I <laughs> I wake up and I tie my shoes to that kind of song, you know. But yeah, hey guys, you can find me on Twitter all the time at Double G on TV. Awesome. Well, let's get right into tonight's episode because a lot of stuff happens. I feel like we're moving the story forward and we're getting some answers and we're also getting more questions. Um, I want to start with what's happening outside of the cordon. Okay. So, Sabine. She's a tricky one to figure out still. I'm not sure if I trust her at this point. I'm kind of feeling what Leo was kind of, you know, preaching tonight about maybe we should be asking a little bit more questions. You know what, with Sabine, okay, in episode one, I was like, you know what, she put her cards on the table, you know, I'm not here to save the people, I'm here to contain a sickness, and um, we're starting to see, I think, with Sabine, the politics, the what really goes into it, you know, when you're in this kind of serious situation, you have to make tough calls. And you know what? I will say this. Sabine, uh, I forget the actress name. She's doing a good part of portraying that, that you know what? You have to take these measures. This is, people are dying in 48 hours, 16 hours flat. You have to take these measures. So... I'll admit, my role on my stance on Sabine, it's getting a little flipped the more mm-hmm. I see that, you know what, she's doing what has to be done. She is doing what has to be done, but I think the question is, how far is too far? And is she abusing the power? Because we saw her go from week one where, you know, she's trying to contain a situation to now her getting phone calls from the president of the United States and having press conferences where people are saying, well, what's really going on in there? And her saying, everything's great. We have it under control. But then you have Leo who's showing you all these dead bodies on the streets and everything's not cool and under control. I understand that she doesn't want to start a panic, but I also believe that you should be a little more honest with people because there's people outside the cordon who have family who's in there and they're freaking out and she's not giving anyone answers to put them at ease. She's just telling people you need to be at ease. Well, okay, there's two parts to that. The first part is obviously Leo. He came into, he's a big player in this episode. Now, here's the thing. We went back to that last week is what role is Leo really playing? You know, is he playing hey, I'm on the side of the people, or or is he just really trying to play his own angle to fight the system, fight the man? Because from what we understand, yes, these bodies are dead, but how many of them, uh, I don't, 
are they being staged almost, you know, because mm. they're really pushing that. But then, you know, we don't have them reacting outside the court and that's saying, hey, who are all these dead bodies? We're trying to contain it. You know, one thing Sabine isn't doing that we would expect is that, you know, we don't want a mass outbreak. We don't want, you know, everyone inside the court and dead. So I figure if there were validity to what Leah was showing on, to, you know, at least mm -hmm. to Sabine, we would be taking those more seriously. So that's why I have to go back to maybe Leo is playing his own angle. I, I agree. I think that Sabine and Leo are both playing their angles and that they both have somewhere in there the truth. And with Leo, it's just the way he keeps posing these questions, like when Lex goes and talks to him and is like, I need you to you know, back off and stop posting videos because you're scaring people, basically. Um, you know, Leo's answer is more like, well, why aren't you asking questions? Because they said that it was a bioterrorism thing and there's no proof of that. There's proof of these other things. How did the how did the shipping containers happen to be ready to go? I was watching the episode last week. I was like, dang, they got all those there real quick. But in my mind, it's something I said, but it's not something that I thought about. And he's making me think about it now. It's like all these shipping containers did just magically show up very quickly to close off that entire area. It's a very big, you know, yeah, distance to shut down. So to have all that there makes you kind of start thinking maybe it's an inside job. It, Maybe okay. Sabine has more to do with it than what she's letting on. You think so? I think that right now I don't trust her. I'm not saying that you I know. trust Leo over her. I'm just saying I don't trust her. No, okay, that makes me think of something. What if they're on? What if they're in on it together? And you know they're mm -hmm. really just selling it. Know, cause hey, because <laughs> hey, think about it. We haven't seen them not communicate with each other. We this know that they know of each other, but we, so, you know, on that note, though, it is moving pretty fast. I do think that that goes back to, you know, in extreme times, extreme measures are taken. So I think that's why maybe I'm not sold on Sabine being this big mastermind looking to take out <laughs> a part. Like, what do you really get from taking out part of Atlanta? Hey, maybe... Because I, you know, as an Originals fan and oh, here we go Cla again. and Claudia Black played Dahlia, maybe I'm still holding on to feelings about her character from there. So I, that's why I'm not trusting her. Or maybe I'm just right and we shouldn't trust her because she hasn't given me a reason. She's not putting me at ease. And I, I want Lex to kind of ask to challenge her a little bit more because every time he does challenge her, she just comes back with a, you need to just calm people down. Like she wanted him to go take care of the Leo situation. And I'm like, but you're not giving him anything to calm him down for. Like you, it's a give and take kind of thing. Give us a little bit of information that I can give him that will put him at ease, that will back people off of us for a little bit. And she's not willing to, you know, play both sides. Right, right. Now, I want you to hold, I want to pin one question on the board, you know, mm -hmm. since we're talking originals <laughs> and Katie, your precious vampire diaries. <laughs> Again, you know, does that mean you don't trust Jake after all the stuff he did? No, pin that on the board. My big <laughs> thing, you know, okay, if we're going into that, I think Lex's angle is that, you know what? 
at the end of the day, he knows that it's Sabine's fishbowl and they're all just swimming in it outside the cordon because she does hold the power. Now, he also knows if he's going to have a chance at getting out Janna, if he's going to be able to do what he wants to do, do what's right by the people, to try to get them out, to try to keep the people safe. The easiest way to do that is with the cooperation of Sabine. And I think that's where he's coming from in not necessarily coming to blows with her because it, if you think about it, if Sabine wants, he could just she could just tell Lex, hey, you know what, you're not cooperating. This is a situation we need to have under control. I'm relieving you of your duties. And then he really can't do anything. This is true. So maybe that's where but we're she at. also she can't really do that because he's so beloved by the public that if she takes away the face that she created then the public really isn't going to respond well to her. Maybe, but I think she's okay with that. Uh, I think uh, in this situation, she's going to want the public to uh, want to communicate with I, them. I think she's willing to expand that cordon just to, you know, it's <laughs> like, oh, you tell me the people 10 feet out also don't like me? And, you know, containers? See, containers now you're getting now? into my side where she can't be trusted if she's abusing the power uh, to if she wants if you're saying that you could see her wanting to expand because of this, uh, then it sounds like you're on my side where we shouldn't be trusting Sabine. I said in week one I didn't trust Sabine. <laughs> I said it well, you know what, you guys thought I was cold for <laughs> saying what I think should happen to Sabine in week one. But you know what, I will say this. It, between Sabine and Leo, one of them is going to flip the script in terms of, you know, choosing the people, choosing what's right over, you know, the the letter of the law as far as containing everything going on inside the cordon. Yeah, I mean, I think that something that's going to change for Leo's perspective is, you know, we see that he does have his two contacts who are inside the cordon and they've been, you know, giving him the footage and the videos and they find the fire escape and, you know, we see at the end that, you know, were both of them sick or just the one? Because one had coughed earlier, and then at the end, I couldn't tell if the other one's eyes were puffy, too, or if just the one, but she was hugging her, so clearly she's ready to die, too. Um, <laughs> you that close to someone who is contaminated, they, you're just ready to See, that's the thing. Go you out. can They do that on purpose. They'll have a random character sneeze, because they know everyone in the audience is going to, like... <laughs> you know, that we're all going to stop be like, this is it. This is how it gets out into the streets and it comes to an end. Um, I think that they did that as a red herring. I think that obviously Leo, is the first thing he's going to jump to is, oh my God, you know, my beloved girls are sick. And now... I mean, one was clearly very contaminated. She coughed. No, at the very end, you see a video so. montage and he's watching them on the screen and she's like in tears and her eyes are all red and like she's pale, like she is going to die. Okay. Uh, at least one of them. And I couldn't tell from the footage if the other one was sick as well. But it was like the main girl who had been talking um, right. that whole time. But I think that see watching this and seeing how it's affecting him directly now will actually be to the benefit of Sabine of maybe getting him to cooperate a little bit more and maybe help the situation, help get people the right information instead of just putting up these sort of wild videos that he's been guerrilla style, you know, shooting. I actually got to disagree with you. I think that now that it's hidden close to home, he really wants to get it out there like, look, you know, stop 
with the controlling the mass hysteria. This is what's really going on. This, these are my friends dying now. You got to do something about this. So I feel like maybe that's where his anger is going to get focused rather than... I, I feel like they're going to come to blows... But obviously Sabine is the one holding the cards, so we're going to have to see what Ace in the Hole Leo comes up with in the mm-hmm. following episodes. But right now, advantage Sabine. <laughs> you know, it's just no two ways about it. She's got all the power right now. Yeah, she does. Um, but inside the cordon, it's actually Jake who's got some of the power, I guess you could say. He's reluctantly taking on the role of the powerful person in there because there's only 11 other officers in there that we learn um why does that sound so familiar for mr christopher wood <laughs> i know i'm sorry we just um but yeah so he's um lex has talked to him and he's like look i need you to be the main man on the ground also dr canix is like i need you to be the man burning the bodies i need someone who's strong and can mentally and physically pull this off so jake's being pulled in all these different directions plus you have Kristen, who's an emotional wreck right now too she's got so much going on but um i mean the first sort of policing we see jake do is you know he comes into Teresa's mom's store right in the middle of a robbery and bluffs the hell out of the guys to get them to that, to get away. That was my favorite scene in this whole episode. Because, you know, what? I just love that, you know, just that Western face-off style face-off, mm-hmm. you know. I thought that that was very well done. And I think that's going to speak to, you know, the kind of... Before things hit the fan, that's the kind of work that Jake and the others are going to have to rely on. They're going to have to really outsmart, you know, these people who are going to they're gonna want to push the line they're gonna want to push like hey you know these extreme measures how are you gonna stop us because that was a big point that they touched on because in my mind i don't know about you i felt like that's a big part of the city they must even if it's not the precinct they must have some kind of law enforcement office they have enough cops they have a nice little group 11 people and he said like <laughs> what is it one of them's a rent-a-cop two people already quit that yeah. one that- i mean it didn't take much for baker to run out the first time and then you know he did come back when with the whole fire escape situation yes. which i mean that was just so intense because you have you know the 10 i guess officers at that point who are trying to hold off a whole mob from getting over this fire escape right. and into the outside of the cordon and I mean, you see Jake kind of take someone down. You see this whole standoff with Lex on the outside telling him, because Sabine's given them the go-ahead to use deadly force. And you've got Lex out there holding up the gun, like, we will shoot. And then the shots come from, I I was like, who shot him? Where did that come from? I didn't expect it to be Baker. I thought it was Jake. I honestly (laughs) thought it. I was like, you know what? He pulled the trigger. He did what had to be done. So when they had Baker, uh, I was actually a little disappointed that it was Baker. You were? I I was so happy. that's because, you know, you guys want to be so positive for no, your No, I was happy because, I d- because it, cause for Lex and Jake, the two people who could have been the ones to shoot, I'm not ready for either one of them to have to go through the moral dilemma of shooting a, at this point, innocent person. Because it's a horrible situation to be in. You don't know if he's sick or not. You don't know if he's been exposed. You don't know if he's a threat or not. And to see one of our main characters who we're still trying to figure out and get to know 
pull the trigger on a citizen would have been a little too harsh this early on because then it definitely would have painted them in a different light. Right. I felt like I wanted it to be Jake for the sake of, you know what, he's gonna... Of all the characters, he's the one who's going to have to take that lead. And you know what? I think not not as the captain, but you know what? He's going to be the one who's going to have to make more of the tough decisions, I feel like, inside the cordon. Because when things things are going to go bad, we already know this. He's going to be the one who's most likely going to have to choose between, you know, maybe the safety of those he's gotten close to inside and, you know having to protect the letter of the law mm-hmm. as it's been explained to him by Lex and Sabine. But you know what? We're It's only episode three. <laughs> it's only episode we three. We have a lot to go. We've before got ten more to, to go. Yes, before... <laughs> I think we're going to... It's going to be before episode five, before prediction, before one of them pulls the trigger on against another person. I will say that. They're going to okay. really build that. Yeah, um, but then inside the hospital we have Kristen, who you know is te- who still has the kids. Some of them have been able to go home to their parents, who are inside the cordon. Other kids aren't, and you know the kids are getting stir crazy. She's getting stir crazy. Um, they go upstairs on the roof for you know some fresh air. Yeah, little Thomas, these kids, man, Aye. just he he had to go, and when you gotta go, you gotta go, and he just runs off, and then he ends up getting exposed to the virus i mean that dude i'm sorry i'm so sick of adults just grabbing at kids like dude i know you sick and you're hallucinating and whatnot but you grabbing on a little seven-year-old boy taking his glove off coughing on him that's just disgusting in general even when there's not blood involved Uh, (laughs) like no yeah that one was very disconcerting because also you know haven't they made it a point that they're locking up all these people how did this random guy get get to the fire escape but you know what yeah uh katie is not gonna be teacher of the year (laughs) i mean cordon or otherwise but um i do agree that you know just this is just getting it I like how they're getting it out of hand, but we're still just simmering. Yeah. You notice that. It it wasn't the one of them sneezed on the whole class. It was just the one. Just the one. And then, you know, you have his dad coming in, who his dad was just working late, had asked Katie to watch his son a little while longer um, when this happened. And, I mean, like Dr. Cannert and Jake ended up telling her, we don't know because it wasn't, right now, it's only been passed through, what is that, oral or liquid liquid forms. So because the cough just went on his hand and he didn't touch his eyes or his mouth or anything like that, he could not have anything. But we also know that viruses evolve, and so it could have changed by this point. So... It'll be interesting to see if we're ready for episode four to have one of the young kids be sick with the virus already and what sort of obstacles that comes to. But, um, I mean, his dad coming to the hospital with a gun just reminded me of that um, movie John Q with Denzel Washington when he's trying to get his son like a heart transplant and he holds the whole hospital hostage and... It was just a very passionate scene because he's like, look, I just want to take my son home. I don't care if he's sick or not. I just want to get home. We had seen a scene earlier with Jake saying, I just want to go to my, I just want to go home and get in my bed and just sleep in my bed. You know, these people have been locked in here for three days now. 
it's yeah. easy to kind of go stir crazy. Definitely. You know, like I talked about it, slowly, you know, we're Julie Plek talked about what happens to people when they honestly get into these situations. And we're starting to see, you know what, you're going to have people, we're, they're trying to make it normal, like, hey, let's play games with the kids, throw the ball around in the room. Let the, you know, for JK, just calm down. Let's watch some videos. It's not going to get bad. But as it escalates, you know, we're seeing that tension. We're seeing people really start to lose their, um, their common sense a little bit they're starting to lose their moral compass and what i really loved about this episode they introduced the concept of looting you know mm -hmm. in this kind of situation that's one of the first things i thought of is that you know what you are not gonna have this whole section of atlanta you're gonna have what was it? She was charging like ten bucks for like a for bag, like of, a bag chips. of chips or something. It was, ten bucks. I for mean, a... her mom kind of deserved to get checked because yeah, she was yes. she's getting a little ridiculous with her pricing. Yeah, ten dollars a bag of chips. You know, I'm surprised. I, I was actually expecting that to happen last week, but you know what? I like that now they're introducing these people are getting desperate. You yes. know, they're getting to that point and you know what, that's really where I feel the unrest is going to come from because now people are, they're getting closer to that line that it, we keep talking about. Uh, yeah, and we see it even with Jana and her co-workers tonight. You know, they are, you know, she's getting news from Lex like, hey, so she's first of all pissed at him that he didn't warn her about the shipping um containers. But then you're also getting the other side of, hey, I don't know how long this is going to last. You need to bunker down, ration your food, stay inside, do not go anywhere because it's really bad. And then what do we have? We have Dennis and Tony, correction from last week, because we thought Toby was in the office and our awesome fans commented and let us know that we were very wrong. It was Toby who had the party and Tony who works in this um, area. And I just want to say, very confusing casting names. Just... <laughs> Tony and Toby, you know, yeah, too close. You know, showrunner, well, come on, why would you do that? You couldn't just say Scott? <laughs> <laughs> like, just give a different name completely. Um, so Tony, okay. Dennis, and Susie all vote in favor of having to draw straws and go out and get more food because they are starving. Now, when they come back, Dennis's gloves are mysteriously not there, and he's sweating a lot. I do understand that it is Atlanta in the summertime, and it is very hot, so you can break a sweat from anything. The humidity yeah. is amazingly terrible in Atlanta. Understand that. Is Jana overreacting, or is she being smart? I thought about that, because, you know, <laughs> the first thing I thought, you know, it's like, he's sick, then it's like, wait, it's hot Atlanta, you know? They, they talk about that all the time. I think that, um... We're starting to see those phone calls getting to her. Like, you know what? We don't know the truth. I don't know, you know, what's going on with these bodies. So I think that, uh, I think she played it safe. I think that, you know, I hate to say I it. I don't blame her. I yeah. would have done the same thing because, I mean, if you're okay, then you can sit out there for 48 hours and everything will be fine. Yeah. You can wait it out like Teresa quarantined herself in her mom's store with the backup food. So that wasn't smart. Um, <laughs> but she quarantined herself and 24 hours later, no symptoms. And, you know, she's doing okay. These guys, if you can wait it out, you got the food. 
Jana and Susie are the ones who are screwed with like the stale stuff and you guys have the fresh food. But I think that was actually my favorite scene tonight when (laughs) when they decided not to let them back in and Tony decides to start going to town on that bread in front of them. Like, (laughs) it's like, you look like an animal. You look like you are diseased right now. So maybe you shouldn't come inside. But you know, I like that because you know what? That's that honesty coming out. And that's what, that's what we love about this. So it's just how, authentic it feels you know it's like you know what you're gonna lock me out when i have the food you know if that were me i'm not gonna just like be like okay let's sit this in the fridge i'll wait your 20 hours no i'm gonna eat that in front of you (laughs) i'm gonna eat the freshest bread the fruit the bag of cookies but look if i'm jana i'm like great enjoy that because i know that i'm not gonna die because I know that you haven't given me anything because I haven't left here where it's sterile. So if you want to enjoy that food in front of me, go right on ahead because at the end of the night, I know I'm sleeping well knowing that I don't have a sickness. And now we've confirmed because they've been in the quarantine area long enough that we know she's not sick. Because I felt like there was a bit of that question before she got in there. But she's been... She got blocked off pretty quickly before coming into contact with, like, anyone. So I was never concerned about her. I'm concerned if she were to leave, and I'm concerned because Dennis and Tony did leave, and now they're coming back, and it's just you don't know what could have happened in that time. He doesn't even remember where he lost his gloves. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you don't just lose those kind of gloves. You take them off, and you put them down, and then... You start doing other things, and then who knows what happens. Well, remember that of all the characters we've had introduced, Dennis is the one who makes... He's also sleazy. He makes the (laughs) worst... I mean, he might be making the worst decisions on a show where everyone makes a lot of bad decisions. Yeah. And speaking of big decisions, um, Sabine decides to take things into her own hands to make sure that no more of this Leo stuff happens, and she shuts down the phones and the internet for everyone inside the cordon. This is why I do not trust her. And this is why I feel she could be on the line of abusing her power. You know what? I gotta say, that one was that shock because you thought that, you know, one of the biggest things, you know, and um, I saw this in an article by about Craig Sager, you know, hope is as important as breath you know we see these characters something's got to get them through it and you know sad sadly but you know honestly you cut off phone you cut off internet now in this day and age that is like cutting the power Mm -hmm. you know what and that one i'm not gonna lie when i thought about that that one scared me because i'm thinking you know what if that were me now i'd be like oh my god this is you know it's like knowing there's no cameras to like help you you know to see what's going on yeah that one it's scary because it's something that could happen and it it's just scary because now how will anyone get information if i'm someone who's on the outside and i've been communicating with my loved one on the inside much like lex and Jana have been doing and all of a sudden that is gone if i'm on the outside or the inside i'm freaking out about what's going on especially if i'm on the the outside because i know i'm okay but i don't know for sure that my loved one is okay well i think you know if you're on the inside uh I feel like in that moment, you just realize, like, 
I'm going to die. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they're doing this because they don't want us calling for help. So that one... Which people I, already can't get through to 911, yes. so... <laughs> uh, that was another point that I found, you know, and well, they kind of touched on it beforehand yeah. because they said there's only 11 cops technically exactly. in the whole city. But that part really... That one scares me yeah. when you're really thinking about it. That one's really tough. But it's also very true in today's day and age because a lot of times when people call 911 they get a busy signal or you know because there's so many prank calls going on or just emergencies in general so it it's sad but then it was also kind of you know poking fun at the fact that sometimes you can't get a hold of help when you need it it's true um so yeah so i mean i love tonight's episode i think that we're on the right track and i think we should get into some predictions let's do it next week yes um and now you're after buzz so, from the preview, it looks like they are going to give us some way to communicate with people, or at least for the outside cord- of the cordon to communicate with people inside, which is one TV station that will right. have all the information that they need. It also looks like someone's going to try and jump that fence and go over, and we have Lex trying to stop him. But that person, to me, looked like Cinco, which is Teresa's boyfriend's name, right? Is that Cinco? I thought that was Xander. Xander? Yeah, that works too. Xander. It's like, wait, you know, did I miss one? No, <laughs> no Xander. Yeah, it kind of looked like him to me. So my prediction... Wait, was okay, well, go ahead. Well, my prediction is just that he's going to finally, especially now that he can't get a hold of Teresa, he's been threatening to come over for a while. I think he's actually going to try and go. And then I think Lex is going to be posed with the difficult question of, does he shoot this innocent kid trying to get over fence or does he let him go i think that um i think that lex is gonna let him go now here's the thing though i think lex is gonna let him go on the condition that hey you know we know that it works two ways Jana can't reach lex and lex can't reach Jana. so he's probably gonna have xander like hey you know what i'm gonna let you go but if you're gonna check on your girl you gotta check on my girl too yeah and I think that he's going to find a way to tell, you know, Xander, hey, you know, you got to tell her that this is Lex. You need to send me a message about what's going on. And um, as far as that, uh, you know, that one TV station, that's like that big brother watching now. <laughs> that, that is creepy. That is, you know, it, we're getting there. We're getting there we slowly. Are. We're getting there, and I think that next week is just going to really blow some ish up because we've done a great job establishing things over the first three episodes, and I feel like it's always around episode four and five of a new series where you really start getting into the nitty-gritty because the first three episodes are introducing you to the world and what to expect. Yeah, especially one that, you know, we already understand so far that they want to just keep it, you know, contained, no pun intended, as a limited series run. Yeah. So, well, do you have any other predictions? Um, as always, I predict that one of our main characters is going to try to jump that fence. I believe that they're going to be successful, but there are going to be strings attached. Um, I think that, oh, I got a new one 
Teresa's going to give birth while she's stuck in the cordon. Mm, that'll be interesting, yes. having to go to, like, the hospital with all these sick people. Oh, no, it's going to be, you Oh, know, she's going to do it at the store? Yes. <laughs> uh, just... Back the storage room, people trying to raid at the same time. It's oh, going to be a crazy one. That's, that's just my not prediction. okay. Um, well, make sure you guys at home let us know what your predictions are. Make sure you leave us a comment on the YouTube video if you're watching us. If you're listening to us on iTunes, please subscribe and like and comment on there as well. We are a new show, so if you give us five stars, we'll give you a virtual hug and blow you a kiss. Um, in the meantime, where can the fans find you to keep talking about the show? Hey guys, yeah, I love talking about the show with you guys. You can talk to me anytime at Double G on TV on Twitter. And you can find me at the Tiana Hobson on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure you check out AfterBuzz TV all over social media. We just got a Snapchat. We're doing Facebook live videos now. And we have a brand new website. So please go check out our website at www.afterbuzztv.com. And just, you know, let us know what you like about it and all that jazz. So until next week. Um, and next week we will have a special guest in studio with us from the show, one of the cast members. So make sure you come back to find out who it is. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.